delighted and elated to have Carolina Salinas on this episode of Progress with Jacob R. To all of our listeners, Carolina is a self-driven bilingual communications professional with over 11 years of experience in our industry, including private sector, Canadian and Mexican governments. She also has substantial experience in media relations, social and digital media, marketing, public relations, and journalism. Carolina currently works as a coordinator of volunteer administration and donor services at Haven and is also the founder of Professionals and Coffee, a volunteer collective focused on boosting the professional profiles of both international and domestic students, newcomers, recent grads, and established professionals through virtual coffee chats. High-profile guests so far include Ted Bravakis, Vanessa Eaton, and Bill Dern. Carolina, it's great to have you on the show tonight. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jacob, for this invitation and for having me on your podcast program. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. I'd like to begin by giving you the floor to talk a little bit about your journey. You bring a wealth of diverse experience across various sectors, as noted in the introduction. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and journey in professional communications from Mexico to Canada. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, yes, although uh, it seems to be a short journey, time flies, uh, you know, when you're yes. not paying attention. That through this, it has been a very long professional adventure. Uh, I would like to begin by talking about the approach that I had to my first professional role and how that opportunity allowed me to get my foot in the door of the communications field. I began working as a tourism journalist for Excelsior in 2007. This daily newspaper is the second oldest in Mexico City. This was at the same time I was conducting thesis research to my bachelor's degree in communication at the National Autonomous University of Mexico. At that time, my passions were radio, travel, and broadcasting. My thesis was actually a radio tourism program proposal for Mexico City with content focused on domestic tourism. My hope was to promote Mexican culture, cuisine, and tourist attractions. So one chapter of my thesis analyzed the current radio programs of that time that talked about Mexican tourism. And as part of my analysis, I had to interview the broadcasters of those various programs. One of them liked my, my work and invited me to collaborate with him at Excelsior. He was the chief executive of the tourism section. He told me, hey, I know that you really like the radio. However, my wife and I are the only ones responsible for the radio program. But I could use your support for our section in Excelsior. And he asked me, would you like to join us? Uh, of course, I said yes, and that was how I began chart, uh, charting a career in communication. A few years later, I decided to shift my professional career into the public sector, and I worked for the Mexican Secretary for Home Affairs as a mass media analyst and project manager for almost six years. So one of the things I liked most about this role was that it allowed me to travel throughout my country, 
Uh, I was responsible for conducting social and economic research, collecting, analyzing, and evaluating information from different states generated by programs or campaigns that the government of that time had implemented. And in many ways, uh, it was the job of my dreams uh, because I was still in communication, but I also got to travel. After that, I moved my career to the private sector because I was interested in creating materials, more external communications. Uh, materials yeah, for more external communications. So I also wanted to venture into social media since my government job hadn't uh, really allowed me to uh, because everything I did there was more like internal communications. So in 2015, I began um, working as a digital marketing executive for an agency called Digital Brain. There, I had the opportunity to develop digital marketing campaigns for Mexican entrepreneurs by using social media. Also, I developed content in both English and Spanish, uh, including a number of blogs. So after having spent three years working with Digital Braid, uh, however, I decided that I wanted uh, to pursue something even more ambitious. I wanted to do something in which I could link another passion in my life, which is the English language, to communications and travel. And that was how I began working as a, a blog contributor for Buy One of Five, a Canadian radio station here in Toronto. There I had the opportunity to interview the directors of various nonprofit organizations and CEOs of Canadian companies and write and publish over 20 articles that drop engagement on, on the radio station's blog. Finally, in fall of 2019, I began my, stu my studies in public relations and corporate communication at Seneca College. And while I was studying, I also worked as a communications and content specialist for applied research, innovation, and entrepreneurship department at Seneca. There, I had to interview five principal investigators to develop web stories and project profiles for the purpose of promoting internally and externally the work of the department innovation hub. So uh, subsequently, I did my internship remotely due to, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic for, yes. for the Ontario Ministry of Government and Consumer Services as, uh, as communications officer. I also had to complete in PR, uh, my, my PR postgrad certificate online because of the pandemic. And after that, uh, started in September 2020, I began to volunteer as a writer contributor and as a professional development co-chair for the Canadian Public Relations Society, uh, Toronto chapter. For the purpose of developing my networking skills and potentially rebuilding some of the kinds of connections I was able to develop 10 years earlier during the first part of my career in Mexico. As I told you, well, this is a long story. So simultaneously, mm -hmm. I was applying for full-time jobs, but because of the pandemic, as you know, it was really hard to secure a job due to many organizations struggling with the uncertainty of it all. Some of them began to fire people or were only taking care of their operational expenses and were not hired. Nevertheless, I kept pushing myself and doing my best. To that end, after my collaboration for the CPRS, I began to develop the idea of professionals and coffee. Uh, I wanted to create something that would be useful to any professional in the field of communication, PR, and marketing. They could be a recent grad, a mature individual, a Canadian, or an international student. Everybody could benefit from the opportunity to expand their networking circle and at the same time develop their skills like research, social media management, and public speaking by 
volunteering. So volunteers also is to, to gain confidence by preparing themselves for future internship job interviews. And finally, last year, I began collaborating with Creative Magic, IT consulting firm, as an integrated communication and marketing consultant. And then this year, I began working as a coordinator of volunteer administration and donor services for a nonprofit organization called Heaven Toronto. And I'm responsible for writing blogs, managing a donor software management system, coordinated a group of volunteers, writing thank you cards, and other administrative tasks. So it's important to say that I think that this job at Heaven Toronto as a coordinator of volunteers arrived uh, in my life almost at the same time that I launched Professionals and Coffee. So basically, either for Heaven Toronto or for Professionals and Coffee, my job involves coordinating groups of volunteers. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Carolina. That's very inspiring. And I really caught on to the travel aspect. There's so much experience. Which one is is your favorite, if you had to reflect? Well, my, my favorite, I would, would say definitely my work for the government, for the Mexican government. Because it allowed me the opportunity to, to get to know more in, in, in detail. My Mexican culture, it allowed me to live. For instance, I had the opportunity to live two months in a city of, uh, in another city uh, different from Mexico City, in Monterrey, in Guadalajara. So uh, these were called uh, like uh, commissions or business trips, in which I had to spend almost two months or more there to gather all these informations that were related with certain uh, programs that by that time the government had implemented. And it gave me the opportunity to get to know the real uh, Mexico that, that doesn't, you can see or you can read on newspapers, through newspapers. So maybe you can, you can realize about those kind of news. Mm -hmm. However, uh, because of the nature of my work, I could talk about that right? Because it was confidential information. But uh, I could realize uh, the real uh, Mexico. And, and and also it gave me the opportunity to get to know uh, the Mexican cuisine and know beautiful landscapes. And yes, I love that job. Yes. And what you've just shared actually reminds me of this quote, and that is, it's one thing to read about it, and it's another to actually be there and experience it. Yes, exactly. It's just that sometimes sometimes you can read a, a, a lot or you can learn so many things from school. But when you are in the field, when you are, yes, you are doing, put it into practice what you learn from school in, in the field, it's completely different. And you, it's the time when you start developing your skills and get to know, uh, as you mentioned, from your colleagues, from your supervisors, and they start developing other skills such as uh, working teams and get to know uh, more about their specific industry. So for in that case, it was uh, tourism or social progress or my, my Mexican culture. At this time, I would like to switch gears and talk a little bit more about professionals in coffee. Again, Carolina, as mentioned in our pre-podcast, I'm very appreciative of the work that you're doing. And as you mentioned, I believe you do have a team helping you with this. In your own words, what value does Professionals in Coffee deliver to our communities? What projects are you currently working on or have planned? And what other information about Professionals in Coffee would you like our listeners to know? 
Yes. Well, the values that professionals and coffee uh, deliver to our community are collaboration, diversity, inclusiveness, integrity, and proactivity. Also, professionals and coffee contributes to the democratizations of networking while acknowledging its power and its capacity to positively impact and empower both individuals and their communities. Currently, I'm working on preparing a coffee chat with uh, Russell Baker. That's really, I think you you already uh, yes. knew him. Yeah, he, he's the a spokesperson and issues manager for Toronto Hydro. And another with Smita David Ban. Uh, she's head of communication for MD Serrano. I would like what I would like your audience to know is that uh, they can also join Professionals and Coffee as a, as a volunteer uh, with the purpose to expand their networking opportunities and skills and gain confidence. As you know, there are many different types of volunteer opportunities, such as I know community development, wildlife protections and health support, among others. But for Professionals and Coffee, the volunteer work focus, focuses on professional development and career empowerment. For instance, I, I would like to cite a quote of one of our professional interviewers, Hill Dorn, uh, you mentioned, the president and chief imaginary officer of Anamorphic. He mentioned volunteerism is essential in every business, not strictly communication, but it keeps you connected to your values and how you think about people in different situations in, in life. So I think that people who are interested in this case to give both to their professional profile they could approach uh, approach me, approach uh, professionals at coffee to to collaborate uh, in order to gain confidence, develop their networking, and also at the same time they can start building connections with other volunteers that are collaborated in here at Professionals and Coffee. To our listeners, be sure to check out Professionals and Coffee. They are doing excellent work. And again, Carolina, thank you for giving back, really paying it forward. This is great stuff. A lot of hours go into your projects between professionals in coffee and Haven Toronto. How do you manage your time? Do you have any time management strategies or tips that you'd like to share? Yes, uh, sometimes I feel that I need more time to manage, you know, both my work at Haven and the logistics of of professionals and coffee. Um, The beginning of this volunteer initiative was hard because as with any project you begin, you have plenty of things to do and you have to organize yourself. I remember that I had to record, for instance, four one-on-one coffee chats in one week before starting my current role. I did to show the audience the concept of professionals and coffee and invite volunteers to join the initiative. So now the challenge is organizing the volunteers, making schedules for recording of the coffee chats, providing feedback and sitting with our volunteers and rehearsing before recording the actual coffee chats, normally after work or even during during weekends. But despite uh, the fact that it may seem like there are plenty of things to do, the key is to be organized, manage your time properly. So for instance, I tend to, to create a to-do list and then I plan uh, all the tasks and I give some priorities that I need to do. Some of some of them are short-term or long-term activities that I need to do. And I also have my personal life, you know, because my exactly. partner and stuff to do at home. So you have to design to every aspect of your life the correct time in order not to generate any conflict. I really like your mention of the to-do lists. I think that it helps with task prioritization as well. That's great project management. So to our listeners, take Carolina's advice to heart. 
In your opinion, what steps can organizations take to be more diverse and inclusive? I know you mentioned diversity and inclusion before, so I think this segues very nicely. Yeah, uh, from my point of view, uh, I think that there is still much work to do to many organizations in terms of diversity and inclusiveness to improve their work culture and as a result, the well-being and satisfaction of their employees. But what I think is necessary is, first of all, is to adjust the hiring process, including the initial search for candidates. I think that you want strong talent, you need diversity. I believe that organizations can do a better job at recruiting, at recruitment by implementing a better applications assessment system. Perhaps, I don't know, giving Canadians and internationals candidates the same opportunity to apply for a position because it is unfair, you know, that international students come to Canada with many hopes and, and illusions about getting a Canadian education and building up experience, but they have to pay an average of about four times more in education fees than domestic students pay. And then once they have graduated, they receive a kind of a slap in the face because they can't find a full-time job. And then it becomes a race against time to secure a job to the temporary nature of their work permits. And in the worst case scenarios, they are either deported or have to go back to their home country and look for a job there. So many of them, unfortunately, can fill out all the necessary papers that immigration, immigration refugees and citizens Canada ask for. So another step is to educate the leaders of professional organizations, such as executive directors and managers, in terms of diversity and inclusion efforts, because at the end of the day, it's the leader who's on the front line with the employees. And also companies should uh, celebrate employee diversity by organizing events or activities in which the company can encourage everyone to coexist, respect differences and embrace similarities. And finally, to better understand their workers' experience, it is important for professional organizations to listen to employees through employee service or focus groups to drill down on engagement and, and inclusion issues and then develop specific strategies to promote inclusiveness and diversity. These are excellent approaches and there is still a long way to go. Good advice. So strategies that you'd like to share, Carolina, for international students who are seeking Canadian experience, how can they get their foot in the door and boost their profile? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that for international students, I highly recommend volunteering with as many organizations as you can to develop skills and learn more about Canadian work culture. Volunteerism in Canada is highly valuable because in exchange for your time, you gain skills and professional development. Also, there is a huge opportunity to expand your network. Your network. So be curious and talk to as many people as you can. Also attend events related to your career or another similar field as well as other extracurricular activities. So the point is to expand your network and be outside your comfort zone. Do your research, not only just on LinkedIn. It is very interesting what you can find by navigating on your browser and going directly to different websites and visiting their directories. And don't be afraid to use the old school method by picking up the phone and making calls, asking the person you are interested in for a 20-minute uh, virtual conversation. Believe me, people love to talk about themselves, about their professional pathways. So don't be scared. The worst thing that could happen is that they will 
not be able. And if that happens, that is just another experience that you need to learn to deal with. Just move on and look for another person who wants to be interviewed and from whom you can learn. The point is to be persistent and never give up because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're interested in the nonprofit or financial sector. You can end up in a sector completely different from the one you originally had your eye or on still enjoy it. Uh, it happened to me some years ago when I got my foot in the door of the print communications field in Mexico with Excelsior, when my original idea was to work in the radio, in radio, and I don't regret my decisions or where they uh, have taken me. Also, as a final piece of advice, explore other PR communications and marketing fields that normally are not well known or at least not as popular as working for a PR agency. For instance, PR within the mining sector or beverages, because if you apply to the companies that everyone applies to, there is much smaller chance that you are going to secure a job there. The more popular an organization is, the more demand and competition. So try to branch out and think creatively. Definitely. Again, amazing tips shared across the board and especially appreciative of not staying in your comfort zone. You have to put yourself out there. And I think you covered that really well. A trip down memory lane. When you published articles for the Vibe 105 FM radio station, what are some topics you wrote about and which were your most favorite and why? Well, yeah, I have great memories about my collaborations with Buy105, since it was the first Canadian company that gave me the opportunity to celebrate with them as a blog contributor. I had plenty of freedom to write my articles there, including talking about nonprofit organizations such as History or After Breast Cancer or Canadian businesses like the Maker Bean Cafe. On the other hand, I had to follow the content calendar that my editor set for based on certain commemorative Canadian dates, such as a Remembrance Day. And I also had to cover some summer festivals in Toronto and write about them. But among all of them, my favorite experiences were writing about not-profit organizations, because it allowed me to approach the not-profit sector, develop uh, my networking by interviewing executive directors of this sector, and get to know more about these organizations. Actually, an interesting fact is that the current job that I have as a coordinator of volunteer at Heaven Toronto came out of my collaboration with Buy 105 because during the job interview, my current supervisor told me that the articles for Buy, in which I had written about nonprofit organizations, had caught his attention. Particularly, he said, eh, you know, the one for Sister It eh, caught me because it's another profit organization similar to Heaven Toronto. Eh, it caught his attention. It's a very small world. And this is clearly another example of that. Yes, exactly. By that time when I was collaborating for Buy, mm-hmm. well, I didn't know that this was going to take me to the place that uh, I'm right now. Exactly. And it sounds like you're enjoying what you're doing now, which is also fantastic. Last but certainly not least, what is one communications leader you find inspiring and why? Yeah, the person who inspires me is a Malala, Malala Yousafzai. Though she's not a communication leader per se, even though she has had to leave her home country and after being injured as a consequence of an attack by this terrorist group, she has never given up her fight to help her people. 
So she's not only a human rights advocate, but also a Pakistani activist for female and children's education and the world's youngest Nobel Prize winner. While she received a refugee in England as a consequence of the Taliban attack that almost killed her, she never forgot her hometown and began a movement and foundation to help the women and children there get access to education. So in a certain way, what I'm, I am really admire her and what I really want with Professionals and Coffee is something similar, no? Because as I told you, Professionals and Coffee is a professional development volunteer opportunity so that people who are interested in making, in give a boost to their professional profile, they can uh, approach us and we can work together in order to gain confidence and to make them success. Absolutely. Carolina, I can't thank you enough for the time and the opportunity. Once again, to our listeners, do be sure to check out Professionals in Coffee. I believe you have a LinkedIn page and are there other social channels that you would like to share? Yes, sure. Please follow me on Twitter. It's at PR and Coffee. And on LinkedIn, you can find us as Professionals and Coffee. Instagram at Professionals and Coffee. And TikTok uh, professional, at Professionals and Coffee. Fantastic. And the links to the professionals and coffee social media channels will also be found in the show notes and the description of this episode. Thank you once again, Carolina. The contrary. Thank you, Jacob, for this invitation. I enjoyed uh, our chat a lot today. Also want to express my gratitude to all of the people who has been involved with this project. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. That list includes Oscar Aguilera, my partner, who is also one of our video editors. Simon Andrews, our other editor, Joel, our graphic designer, and all of the professionals and volunteers. Thank you all for your time, your expertise, and your eagerness to make professionals and coffee happen. And also want to express my admiration for your work with your podcast. You are doing an amazing job here. Keep doing, and thank you, Jacob. We will see you in the next episode, everybody. Take care.